everybody to the nations worldwide this is episode 68 of the travel couple podcast where we introduce you to couple travelers who offer their advice on how you can travel the world together while earning money living that travel lifestyle we're your hosts mike pletz and natalie tune in every wednesday as we interview couples living a travel lifestyle get relationship advice about being on the road with your significant other and listen how others are struggling and thriving in their personal and business lives while traveling the world this is your one-stop podcast for travel relationship and business goals in this episode we are joined by dom and joe of red white adventures they're a canadian danish travel couple who met in australia and have worked to create a digital nomad lifestyle for themselves that allows them to travel we talk with them about their journey from meeting in australia to being in a long distance relationship and then back together again and how they have worked in different places in the world and are now working entirely online so without further ado here's our interview with dom and joe Today we are joined by Dom and Joe of Red White Adventures. They are a Canadian Danish travel couple who aim to inspire you to live the life of your dreams while sharing their travels and inspiration through their blog. You can follow them online at redwhiteadventures.com. Hello Dom and Joe and welcome to the show. Hey Mike, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your day and joining us here. I just want to get us started to get to learn a little bit more about the two of you and what you do. And maybe can you share a little bit of a, a background about how the two of you met and everything? Yeah, so we met in Australia back in January 2016. We were in the same hostel room. And um, we were going on the same trip to Fraser Island, which is a big place. Like a lot of backpackers go visit in Australia. And then sort of met up a few times on the coast and ended up both moving to Sydney. And here we are three and a half years later. Awesome. And what, what kind of got you guys to Australia? Like, obviously, there's two different stories here. Who wants to go first about, you know, how did you end up in Australia? Um, yeah, it was, it was sort of a spontaneous decision on my part. I was sort of just like in between jobs and Red Deer and sort of unsure what I wanted to do and I finished school and then I actually had a friend who was in Australia at the time so I was just working reception at my parents um, little spa and I think my mom came out of a massage and I just told her I was I was going to make the move to Australia and she was all for it so I think about two and a half months later I bought the plane ticket and got the work holiday visa and yeah the rest is basically history it's been on the road I think ever since basically Amazing. And uh, the and when you guys met in Australia, I mean, how did how did the relationship evolve from there? Did you guys both stay in Australia for some time? Well, I was actually just backpacking Australia um, and I left after 30 days and went to the Philippines. And I was supposed to travel around Southeast Asia at that point. But I just really, really liked Australia. So I ended up changing my plans and Got a work holiday visa, and within five days, I was on a plane back to Australia. She did it for me. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then after Australia, where did your travels take you to? Did you guys stay in Australia for some time together? Uh, did you, you know, once the work visa was over, did you guys move on to another destination together? Yeah, we went. Um, Dom went back to Canada for a bit, and I went back to Denmark, and we went back and forth, like visiting each other a few times. 
um, I think we were home for like seven months and then we moved to New Zealand together. It was a bit of a long distance relationship back and forth for a while until we were trying to figure out sort of the next spot where we could both get visas to. And yeah, New Zealand ended up being one of the countries that worked out and it was, yeah, it was a great, it was a great time. Amazing. Amazing. Now I want to get into talking about your travels together a little bit more, but before we get into that, I like to ask all of our couples that we have on the show a simple two word question. It's a simple question, but for so many couples, it has such a complex response. And that is simply why travel? Why do you two travel? I think I always had a passion for traveling, but then since our relationship started growing and then we kind of realized it was tough to say stay in Denmark or stay in Canada. Um, traveling was a possibility for us to kind of stay together. And then we've sort of grown that, grown that love for traveling with each other. It's just kind of a way for us to um, be together and have great experiences together. And I feel like also when you travel, you learn so much about different cultures and about yourself and like growing as a person and there's just so much out there it would be i mean definitely yeah growing yeah. i feel like just staying in red deer would have been kind of harder to because you don't get to see the things you do elsewhere and say we haven't been everywhere but we've been to australia and new zealand and then we were just actually in um israel which was a fantastic experience and yeah you kind of just see the different cultures and stuff and there's Everything. just so much out there. It's kind of a shame to stay in one spot. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can't agree with you enough. And uh, let's get into your travels. Where were you two last? Where are you right now? And then where are you going to travel to next? We um, we actually just did sort of a big trip. We lived in Czech Republic earlier this year. And then we went to Israel, like Don just said, for about 10 days. And then we went home. To Denmark, your home, <laughs> my home, for a week, and then we traveled Croatia for a full month, just traveled all around, and then went back to Denmark, and then now we're in Canada. Awesome, awesome. And then where are you going to travel to next? We have we have a big road trip actually planned in the states. Um, maybe if everyone's wondering, we're not only traveling; we we work we work part time too while we're traveling, so it's sort of so it can balance out. It can balance out all the travels. But yeah, we're going to the States for about three months, uh, starting on August 12th. So it's going to be quite an exciting road trip because we've never really traveled around North America that much. So we're kind of excited to see what it has to offer. For sure, for sure. And a road trip through the States definitely sounds exciting. And I want to get into some of the different experiences you two have had while traveling the world together. You've obviously been to a bunch of different places together. And with travel comes a lot of different experiences from the, you know, the, the exciting, the rewarding, but also the awkward, the embarrassing, the hilarious, and even the bad travel experiences that we all encounter when on the road. And I want to start off with what has been the most rewarding travel experience together? That experience that really, you know, opened up your eyes to this love of travel or, uh, you know, traveling together, the greatest memory you've had. What is that most rewarding travel experience? Um, I honestly, I think it has to be the first one. We, we ended up finding a place in Sydney in Australia together. And I feel like the stars just aligned. We had the perfect apartment. We had great friends. We lived in a good neighborhood. 
um, we had like a good work schedule and everything was just so well balanced that we, I think that was just sort of the start of like, wow, this is amazing. And we love traveling and this is what, this is what it has to offer. And like, there's just so much you can do with it. I think so. I think I would have to say Australia and living in Sydney was definitely my most rewarding experience. What about you, Joe? Yeah, I agree. And, um, I feel like everything just worked out perfectly. Like we find a place right away. We both found jobs like within two weeks and we have had both, um, Saturday and Sunday off. So we'd always do small trips around Sydney, like go to the mountains and go to the beach and like see everything Sydney has to offer. That best lifestyle was definitely, yeah. And I think maybe I didn't have it as much back home. And then that kind of just like opened my eyes to that. And I, yeah, I loved it. It was, it was awesome. And, uh, you know, turning this into another direction, I want to know your most awkward, your most embarrassing, or your most hilarious travel experience together. We've all had them, and they may be, uh, you know, unbearable during the moment, but maybe you can look back on them and really laugh at it together. Do you have one of those stories you'd want to share with us? Um, um, yeah, we definitely have a few. I'm trying to think of one. I think one of the most embarrassing would be we were sort of on a budget in New Zealand and we were working and, and yeah, New money Zealand is expensive. Yeah, New Zealand is expensive and money was a little tight at the time and I'm definitely not cheap, but I was just trying to like cut corners and save money. So we were sit, staying in a pod hostel one night and we'd stayed there before. So I, I just told Joe, I'm only going to book us one bed because when we go to sleep, no one can see you anyways. So I just tried to, I booked that one single bed and then we got there everything went fine and we got outside and joe just started bawling and she's like i can't do this i can't handle just like i feel so cheap and all this so we ended up going back and booking an extra bed and the rooms were full so we had to upgrade to the most expensive room <laughs> and so from 20 dollars, i think it ended up being like 120 dollars, and it was just like uh it was yeah it was a bit of awkwardness and it was just yeah a bit of embarrassment and then at the end we just had to come I, up with a story for why we wanted two beds now because i wasn't supposed to stay so. and then yeah i guess now it just kind of turned into a funny little story <laughs> but yeah it was quite embarrassing at the time excellent excellent story and then i want to turn this in one last direction direction and ask you your worst travel experience together because traveling is is so rewarding it's 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 an incredible uh you know journey to share with one another and i'm sure you've had tons of highlights but then there's also the the downside to travel that the the challenges that you face and that you had to get past as a couple do you have a really bad travel experience you'd want to share with us uh, we do actually, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> um, we it was right after we moved to New Zealand, and we started working in Milford Sound, and we had our first. It's like a national park, and we worked ten days on, four days off. So we were driving back to Milford Sound um, after our four days off, and we were driving on this road called Devil's Staircase, and this truck was passing us around a bend and hit us. So we actually had a with a truck. With, and it was, yeah, it was just like everything kind of, the guy was like an asshole. And then it just, yeah, the whole experience kind of like put like a little dark cloud on the trip a little bit. Yeah, he was a local. So I was, think one of the police officers was trying to help us, but the other guy was like trying to help the local guy. And I remember, um, so nothing really ha happened. It was more like it wasn't too bad of an accident, but 
Dom's door couldn't open. So I had to walk out after the accident and I faced the guy and I was like, are you okay? And he looked at me and he just started yelling and like bloody tourist. And and like the worst thing was that he was at fault too. So it kind of like this is this like obnoxious lo- to put the blame local on us and comes like, out. And yeah, it was just a, it yeah. was a, and six months later, he even tried to take us to court and stuff. So it was really bad. It was a rough, ex- it was a rough experience. Yeah. But it, all in all, it's still like New Zealand was a great trip. But yeah, that it sometimes you get some like experiences like that that can kind of put like a dark cloud on the whole trip. But we got through it. So absolutely. And and how do you get through something like that together as a couple? Like how do you continue the rest of your day and the rest of your time while maintaining like some sort of positivity to get past it? How did you two you know work to get past that that moment? I mean, I think it does help when you go through that with another person because maybe if you're by yourself and after the fact and you're all alone, it could be tougher. But say we were together and we were okay. And also, like, nowadays you can call your family at any time wherever you are. So that kind of we, – we had, like, the support of our parents and they said as long as you're okay and everything. Like, at the end of the day, it's an accident, right? We're, we're humans and we were fine. So I think that's the most important part. Yeah, I think we were just – happy that nothing happened to any of us like physically like we were okay and um the other guy was okay too i think i think that was important too even though he wasn't very nice but um and then we also had um some family friends in new zealand so we called them and they knew about you know the procedures in new zealand they could sort of help us out and with all the you know all the legal stuff and that aspect which was a big help too that's definitely good to have local friends when you're when you're abroad for sure Mm -hmm, definitely now i I mean i ask about all these different experiences to see kind of all the things that travel has uh you know challenged you to in your relationship because our our podcast is not just about travel but you know traveling as a couple and uh how traveling affects a relationship and everything like that so i want to ask you too how do you feel traveling has affected your relationship together um, I think it's definitely made us closer since we basically spend every day together. Um, so I think that was a big part because before we were doing the long distance and that was a little bit tougher. Um, but I mean, I guess, yeah, I, I only see positives from it because it enables us to be together. It enables us to meet new people. And I think that's, I think that has to be one of our favorite things about traveling and which we really got to experience this year living in the Czech Republic. We just made so many awesome friends from the states from literally all over the world which i think is one of the best parts about traveling and it's, you just get to meet those like-minded individuals and then especially since we get to share it as a couple we get we get to share those memories together we get to look back at it we get to laugh at the embarrassing things that happened to us in the past and all that stuff so i think yeah it's it's awesome being able to share it with someone else absolutely and i mean a uh, long distance relationship can be really difficult at, at times for sure. How did you two kind of work to stay connected, especially with uh, a, a time zone change between Denmark and Canada, uh, about six hours or so, something like that? Yeah, it's actually eight hours between Denmark and where Dom is from in Canada. Gotcha. So how did you? How, yeah, how did you guys, you know, stay connected, uh, especially with that time zone difference and uh, being so far apart? I think the main thing that kept us going was that whenever 
we would say goodbye at the airport, we would always know when we would see each other next. Like we would always have the next ticket booked before saying goodbye. So I think that really helped. Um, and with the time zone difference, I was fortunate enough to have a job where I worked most days from eight till four. So by the time Don would wake up, I would just finish work so we could FaceTime and, and text. And then while I was at work, I, he was sleeping. So I didn't have to like be, be not worried, but you know, like think about he, that he would like the fact that he would be up and I couldn't talk to him because he'd be asleep while I worked. But I think the, yeah, the big thing was just we always had that next plan. So we always had the next trip, like Joe said, planned because then we had some to, something to look forward to, which I think made it easier because even though maybe we wouldn't see each other for two months, we knew at the end of those two months we'd be able to reconnect in New Zealand or if it was Canada or Denmark or wherever it was. I, I love that idea of you know already having that next trip planned before you say goodbye to each other because you got something that you you know set, is set in stone and you've got it like uh that you're looking forward to it together which brings me to my next question because with travel comes so much planning so much preparation from uh you know booking the flights booking the accommodation uh and planning the itinerary so who takes care of what in this do you guys have uh, certain tasks or do you to come together with different ideas uh, for your itinerary? Who's going to book everything and plan the itinerary? It's not like Dom always does it or I always do it. It's more, um, yeah, it kind of depends on on the trip or, and the, on, on the timing too. Like if Dom is really busy at work, maybe I would look more into it. If I'm really busy, Dom's good at taking care of that stuff too. And we'd like talk about it and be like, sit down say we want to go to this area do you want to do you want to start looking at airbnbs and um stuff to do and then yeah i kind of think it's like who has motivation at the time like say sometimes i'll go on a spree where i'll book all the accommodation and figure out plans to do and then maybe there's a week where i'm unmotivated maybe because of my work or like i'm working too hard on the blog or whatever it is where joe will just end up maybe finding all the activities that week and then we kind of just go along with it. We don't question it, but we just sort of just let one person like take the reins and then just go with it and see what happens. And I think we also like to be spontaneous sometimes. So for example, we haven't booked everything for our state's trip because we like, we know what state we're going to go to and then we're going to have a few days where it's unbooked. And then we just sort of go along and we go there and talk to some local people and they can help us figure out what's cool to do in the area rather than mm -hmm. booking everything up front and not having room for, being spontaneous because we've definitely made those mistakes in the past yeah where we've overbooked yeah and then say maybe there's a city that you like where you wish you could spend the extra few days and because we planned it all in advance before we couldn't do that or or whatever so yeah I, but yeah to answer your question i i truly do think we both kind of have a balance and we both i'd say do about 50 percent of it now, you two have been to many different places together i want to ask you what has been you know, your favorite destination or the destination that is at the top of your list to return to, uh, you know, something that appeals to your travel style and, you know, a, a place that you two are, are, are have a check mark beside that you're going to return to it someday. Oh, there's so many places we want to go back to. Joe, just one. Um, we definitely want to go back to Australia, New Zealand and... Um, 
we only saw the west or the east coast of Australia, so we want to see more of that, like the south part and the west and um, so the outback, the more remote. Yeah, the less traveled parts of it too. And in New Zealand, there's just so many things to do too. So we like didn't see it all. We just want to go back and. Mm-hmm. And I think I might be biased because I'm Canadian, but I I definitely do think every travel couple, every traveler should definitely make their way out west. Or like I, I know all of Canada is beautiful, but out here, out uh, west with the mountains and stuff, and especially for say outdoorsy couples or travelers, like the mountains here are phenomenal. And we've just sort of recently started writing about about a bunch of hikes and stuff to do in this area and outdoorsy things. And like, we're just realizing how much Alberta and the Rockies have to offer. So yeah, even trying to plan, like we're going hiking on Saturday with uh, Dom's parents and trying to find a hike we want to do. It's so hard because there's so many. And we were just talking about that before the interview, all the, all the different things that you can do out, out West. And it's definitely on our list to, to check out. So we'll be looking forward to that blog post when you guys write that for, and publish that for sure. And I, I want to ask you to, you know, do you have any advice for a couple out there that hasn't traveled before? Uh, any advice in terms of travel and their relationship? And maybe maybe specifically for you guys, you know, uh, advice as to a long-distance relationship and, you know, getting travel uh, and, and meeting each other's uh, places during that tra- uh, long-distance relationship or just, you know, uh, that first-time couple travel experience in terms of their relationship and travel? Um. I think especially for a long-distance relationship, I mean, one, like we've mentioned it before, maybe try and have that next trip planned. Um, but besides that, maybe, like, try and find a hobby that you guys have together that you can share. Like, I know it sounds it sounds silly, but even when we were brought – or when me and Joe were doing long-distance, we would, we would watch the same TV show so we would have something to talk about. And now it would be easier because we have our blog together so we can – we have that sort of connection and we have that to work together with. So sort of just trying to find something that you both share that you can kind of connect with while you're away from each other. So you still feel close. And I think also we, we were planning on moving to New Zealand. So we had that big trip coming up. So I think for about two or three months before we left for New Zealand, we started planning everything and figuring out um, how to get visas and like what we wanted to see. And we Mm -hmm. had this, big thing that we could look forward to together. And I know as Can- for Canadians and Danish, it's quite easy to get visas in countries like Australia and New Zealand. And, um, and even back, Joe's doing a work holiday visa in Canada now, and that might be tougher for, um, for couples from other countries. But I think even if you look for university or um, other work visas, there's always a way you can make it work and try and, find a way to get to the same country so I, I think like it's it's definitely possible for any couple out there or just pick up digital nomads so you can yeah that's full time yeah that's <laughs> a thing yeah today's day and age yeah digital nomads are becoming the thing of the future so absolutely and i want to get into that travel lifestyle with the two of you and i want to you know start this off by talking about your your blog uh redwhiteadventures.com and getting into this i want to ask you where did the name red white adventures come from um, so, you know, the Canadian flag, it's red and white. And also the Danish flag is also red and white. So it's kind of just, they both share the same thing. And me and Joe share the love for travel sort of a way we combine those two things. And it was red, white adventures. 
a little cliche, but it's sort of just where we come from and who we are and what we do. Like, yeah. So that's, and then, yeah, it just, it stuck. And we, we kind of, we never thought of changing the name ever since. And I think we'll definitely stick with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a perfect name for the two of you. And, uh, you know, getting into blogging and, you know, creating an online ad- identity, uh, for your travels and, and for your travels to live. Where did this decision come from to create this? Because you two obviously met in Australia. You did some traveling after that. You know, when did this kind of, uh, when was the seed planted that you guys were going to start to do, you know, create this website, create this blog, create your online uh, platforms? I honestly don't really remember when we sat down and was and we were like, now we're going to start it, but... I've always documented my travels by writing diaries when we travel. And I think this was just like a fun way to do it together. And we started getting more and more questions about like, how do you guys travel? What do you guys do? And people would like send us messages and ask us, um, what should we, like we're going here. What should we do? Can you send us an itinerary? So we sort of just, we talked about it for a while and then we set it up just before new year's last year. Do you remember when we? I think made we, the our yeah our our plan was sort of just to start it this year because like we said we've been traveling for almost four years now and we kind of we kind of said okay let's start something now let's start something now and then it, it's been two years and then I mean it, it is better it's better to start at some point than not so kind of just yeah we decided to give full swing this year and we've been posting almost every week and the goal is yeah just to kind of inform other travel couples share things to do in the parts of the world that we've been to. And then I think the long-term goal is essentially to monetize it so we can continue kind of living this lifestyle and not having to worry about having to do long distance ever again. And yeah, it's, it's something we share, something that we can hopefully monetize, grow. It's also and, a good way to share our trips with our friends and family from back home because now when we travel so much, we don't see them as often as we'd like to. Um, and it's a way for them to to like follow along and see what we're up to and sort of stay in touch too. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, you know, I, I like that that you mentioned. You know, it's better to start than to you know keep on thinking about it and to never start at all. And you know, the fact that you guys went ahead and you know you're you're full steam ahead writing these posts uh, weekly and going at it is is just exactly what we're trying to you know inspire other couples to start. And it doesn't have to be doesn't have to necessarily be a travel blog or anything like that but something to start you uh down that path that you can monetize and create this travel lifestyle together if that's your passion and i love that you guys are are going after that for sure Mm -hmm. i think yeah there's just so much opportunity out there i think we started to realize it last year when um when I was, I had to leave Denmark actually, and Joe was unsure if she wanted to stay. And then it was trying to find like what kind of jobs you could do online. Yeah, because I was at uni at that time, but I just started as a virtual assistant too. So I kind of, it was like when I realized that there was a different world out there and you can start working online. And, um, and it's like yeah. even I never imagined I would become a teacher. And then here I am now teaching online English to my little Chinese kids five times a week. And, it's just, yeah, the possibilities of online work is endless. There's 
you can any any like the internet is growing everything's growing so it's if you think of a job i'm sure you can somehow find a way to do it online yeah it's so yeah i think there's just yeah there's so much growth and so much room in this new online like world that that like the opportunities for any travel couple are literally endless for sure, for sure. And, I, you know, you brought up what you two are kind of doing right now for work. And you've done a lot in the past uh, to be able to explore a new place, a new area in the world. And it's something that I want to go into a little bit here because it's also how I started uh, traveling. Uh, and that was teaching English overseas. And, it, it, you know, it opened up. Uh, door for me to basically explore a new area of the world and I mean it's it's a perfect way to kind of start this travel lifestyle is to get a work visa and go somewhere you've never gone before and then travel when you can basically and you you did this in, in Australia and New Zealand as you said can you go a little bit more in depth about you know, the process in applying for a work visa and looking for work when you're there? That's a few years ago now, yeah. so I don't know if the process is the same. It probably is. Um, but for both mm-hmm. Australia and New Zealanders, um, you can apply online. Um, is it on the government's website? Yeah, so I know Canadians are really fortunate as, yeah, we can go to Australia and uh, New Zealand, Sweden, Denmark, I think also Chile and Venezuela. And like most of the time, the process is super easy. It's basically just going to the government website or even searching work holiday visa in that specific country. And then, I mean, you might have to show some documentation if it's back police background checks or whatever, but at the end of the day, it truly isn't that difficult. And it might cost you $200 to send in the application. Um, yeah, I think, I think people, I don't think people are scared. I just think maybe people are unaware of such opportunities. So I think it's more of just sharing that these opportunities are possible with people. And then, because even we were living in the Czech Republic and I was trying to tell lots of my, lots of my um, American friends about going to Australia and New Zealand and they had no idea that was even a possibility. And even when I went traveling to Australia the first time, I had no idea you could get a work holiday visa. I just thought you could backpack there. But And like you, like you said, um, Mike, the, the, yeah, the first step is essentially just getting that visa and going to that new country and getting that new job and realizing like how how doable it is. Yeah. But also more specifically to the application process. Um, it's honestly fairly easy. Like you, you just have to find the website where you can apply on and it will tell you all the steps. Like it'll ask for your, your name and maybe your work history, your address and your, um, your passport information, like that basic stuff you sometimes also have to fill out when you even apply for a tourist visa in some countries. Um, I know you can get um, companies to help you fill out these application forms, but I would say don't go with them because they overcharge like a few hundred dollars per application. And you have to send the same information to them as you have to put into the um, application form anyway. So, yeah, Yeah, I think at the end of the day, if you just if you if you can find a place where you want to go and you do the research, it's it's 100 percent possible. 
Absolutely. And when you went to Australia, to New Zealand, um, did you have a job already lined up or do you just apply for these work visas and then go there and then look for uh, work when you're there? Or is there kind of, you know, you can do whatever you want, uh, whatever option you want there? Um, I didn't have a job lined up when I went to Australia. I just looked at, there's this website called Gumtree that is very big in Australia and I just spent hours and hours on it finding work in Sydney and just applied for all of them. It's super easy. It's just a lot of um, – you can find anything on that website, but there's also job posts. So I'd go through all the job posts and um, just send an email to each of the ones I was interested in. And I think I sent 40 or 50 applications in like two days, and then within two weeks I started working full-time. It's it's basically like the Kijiji of Canada or say like the Cra- Craigslist of the states. Yeah. Um, and I think especially when you go to those bigger cities like we were in Sydney and 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 Auckland and sort of I think those country countries are really dependent on say that work those work holiday visas and like it truly is quite easy to find work in those places. I know I think a lot of people are kind of scared to make that jump and say maybe spend some of their savings on the flight and they think they're not going to get work right away. But it's like anything. If you want to make it happen, you can make it happen. And don't be picky with the jobs you apply for. Like, <laughs> I mean, at, at first, yeah. Yeah, I started working with flyers. I did it for two days and then got fired. <laughs> I think mean, it's just to kind of dip your feet <laughs> into it. And them. then, yeah. And, and then I think like a big thing is you surround yourself with people all trying to do the same thing. If it's you're going to like a, a hostel where it's all um, young students on work holiday visas, everyone's trying to get a job. So they kind of support you and help you and share places where to look and stuff for jobs. So I think like there is, there's massive communities of young people like us who went there traveling, who are also doing the same thing. So, mm-hmm. and then how long do these work holiday visas last? Uh, is there different lengths that you can apply for or do you just keep renewing it? Yeah, so for Australia, you get initially one year, and then you can do farm work. I think it's 88 days you have to work within your first um, working holiday visa year, and then you can apply for a second year. And I know they just changed the rules now, so certain countries can actually apply for three years. I don't know if it's started yet. I know but- Canada is one of them for sure, where you, yeah, if you essentially if you wanted to, you could live in Australia for three years of your life yeah. if you do the requirements needed to do to stay. And for New Zealand, you can, when you apply, at least when we applied three years ago, you could pick between um, 12 months or 24 months. And then out of the 24 months, I think you can only work X amount of months. I think you can work 12 months, but you can stay for 24. But you have to pick that before you go. And then the one I just did in Denmark was also was also a year. And then now the one Joe's doing here in Canada. It's also a year. Yeah. So I think kind of the year is the standard. Um, I know Japan is the same thing. Japan is also a year for Canadians. So, yeah, I, I would say the one year is, is quite the standard for work holiday visas. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And then uh, could you guys let us know kind of what jobs you did when you were in Australia? I know, Joe, you're talking about you started off doing flyers and then you moved on from that. But uh, and like you said, exactly what you said, you know, don't be picky with the jobs you get right off the bat because it'll lead to more opportunities and you can always move on to the next one. But can you guys go into like, you know, what jobs you were doing? I think like temporary, like I did lots of um, 
I, I worked at a warehouse in Australia for majority of uh, my trip. It was sort of like a um, small organic um, food warehouse. We distribute food to uh, cafes and stuff around Sydney. We actually distributed to Joe's Cafe. Um, and then I think just a lot of, yeah, a lot of hospitality work. You can get um, a lot of customer service, sort of like golf courses and that sort of stuff. Um, if you go along the coast, I think it's a lot of hostels and stuff, which is awesome because then and bars too and bars. Yeah. And then you're, you're young and you're surrounded by other people traveling and working like you. So I think that's probably one of the best things to do is kind of just get in an environment where you're surrounded by like-minded individuals and, and sort of just people that you can meet and become friends with. Yeah. Um, and so I started, as I said before, I started walking uh, around with flyers and I think I made $10 an hour and it was like, 10 hours a day just walking in the heat in the summer in Sydney. Um, so yeah, that lasted two days. <laughs> and then I got a job at this cafe down by the opera house in Sydney. And I worked, I think 42 hours a week with these um, two Australian guys and a guy from South Africa. And it was just a great time. Like it was so fun. But, and yeah. Uh, the one thing I just want to touch on quickly is just, the wage factor because say I know a lot of my friends or people I talk to, they're kind of afraid to go there and kind of spend all their savings. But actually I think when I was in, um, when I left in 20 late 2015, say the minimum wage in Alberta might've been 10 or $11. And for the same job in Australia, you could make 22 or 23 Canadian. So it was like, essentially I was going across the world and double your wages and doubled my wage say working the same kind of jobs so where people thought maybe oh you'd spend all your savings and all this essentially if you made it work you could make double the money and save and then do the travels you wanted to and still put money in the bank or whatever absolutely and and also you know you're not only are you saving for your next travels but you could be closer to the next destination that you want to travel to and it's it's all about you know moving to where the work is and now you two mentioned that you are uh you know going more uh, the digital nomad approach and uh in uh being a, a VA and also uh teaching online which is a new thing that has kind of uh you know a lot of people are signing up more to do can you talk a little bit more about what the two of you are doing to work part time to be able to you know fund your further travels uh, yeah so i work as a virtual assistant and as a certified online business manager I started as a VA, a virtual assistant, um, last year before we, we went traveling to Canada and the States for six weeks last summer. And I sort of like needed an income, um, because I had to pay rent at home. And yeah, I just wanted to try something new and I started, um, working online as a VA. And essentially what I do like day to day as a VA, there's, um, a lot of social media, like different, like I, I say a typical day, I would help create some Instagram posts. I would schedule them. I would go on my client's Instagram profile. I would help engage with um, their audience. And then I would also, you know, help setting up the back end of their WordPress. So like a simpler task would be to help them set up a blog post and a more difficult task would be to help create um, 
a new landing page or an opt-in form, which is essentially if you go to a website and people can sign up for your newsletter, that form itself, I would help set that up and create it and make sure the process works. And as an online business manager, I would help manage the projects. So instead of um, being a doer, I would make sure that other team members would help getting it done um, and just manage the the whole process and, and the business. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, like Joe said, I think um, like with that kind of work, it has its pros and its cons. And the, like, obviously one of the pros about being a digital nomad is say we can take this three month trip to the United States and still work part time. So it, instead of spending all our savings, we kind of we can keep on traveling while working. And then where we gain those experiences where we can share on our blog with others and stuff. So as much as maybe you're not in the middle with locals and stuff like we were in Australia and stuff, this has pros in a different way where we can work and sort of travel at the same time, which I think a lot of people are kind of pushing towards where this digital nomad world is kind of blowing up. And like Joe, she's becoming, she's an online business manager and she can work from her laptop. I can t- teach my little Chinese kids from my laptop. So it's super convenient. And I think like the main thing is we're sort of location independent, which I think is really great being a digital nomad where you can kind of travel wherever you want, whenever you want. So I think that's kind of, it has, its yeah, it definitely has its strong perks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure with, with Joe, what you're doing, uh, you, I'm sure you're learning things that you can apply to your Red White Adventures website or even learning ways to, uh, you know, I- improve communication or if you to hire a VA in the future, how you would manage that VA. I mean, there's so many things that you can be uh, learning to apply to your future and, and everything that you've got going on with Red White Adventures for sure. Yeah, for sure. I was actually, um, so a lot of the, a lot of the work I do is super applicable to, to our blog. I remember, I think we've been blogging for a month or so and I had to set up Google Analytics for one of my clients and I had no idea how to do it. So I learned how to do it and I was like, oh, cool. And now you can check all of the stats and everything. And I went straight onto our block and did the same thing. Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned, Mike, you kind of asked before how we got started with the Red White Adventures. And I truly think it is because Joe started working in that VA world and she realized how she could kind of use the skills she learned from that into, say, starting her own business or blog. As um, And we also you know, realized it's not it's not as hard running a blog as people think it is so it's yeah i think yeah definitely like you said it becomes applicable and you can kind of use those skills into your own hobbies or into your own website or whatever it may be for sure absolutely and i want to ask you guys one last question before we wrap up here and you know you two have done a lot to kind of live this travel lifestyle you've touched on like a few different areas from you know, having to go through a relationship together where it was long distance at one point uh, to, you know, working in a, another country and also now starting this more digital nomad journey together. I mean, what is one thing you wish you had known before starting this lifestyle that you guys are pursuing? So one thing that you've kind of learned that you wish you had kind of implemented from the very beginning or started from the very beginning before starting this 
travel lifestyle? Um, I'll start. I think I, I kind of just thought about it and it popped in my head. I think my main one is slow travel. I think one of the biggest mistakes that we made or people make is they just want to see as much as they can as quickly as they can. And I think a better way to travel is like slow travel. So maybe stay at places longer, maybe instead of taking flights, take a bus or take a train. And I think that way you just, I think you'll enjoy it more and you'll get a better, a better sense of traveling doing it that way. And that's the country you go to too. Yeah, like yeah. I went to Croatia for a month and traveled from Dubrovnik all the way to Rijeka, which is honestly not that far, but we just spent, I think four to seven days in each location, got to know the area and the local people and try local wine. We never, we would have have never found (laughs) if we would have just rushed it and stuff. And yeah, yeah. you get way more out of it. If you, if you stay in a place for longer, I think you're just happier. I I think and then you just, than just rushing it and just going from place to place just to say like check market off your list or, or whatever. I know of course some people might not have, the time to do that if they can only get two weeks two weeks off at a time but i think just in general if you can say slow do slower travel and spend more time at at one specific place than going to trying to see the whole country in two weeks or whatever it may be and also another thing another thing i was thinking about is like i i was kind of scared and i just want to give an advice to people who haven't been traveling who really wants to do it but they're scared is just don't be afraid just do it because worst case scenario you'll hop on a flight and go back home absolutely i I love the advice guys i love uh everything that you've talked about today like really uh you know ways that people can really implement uh actionable advice about you know getting out there and just traveling and and uh whether that's you know applying for a work visa or starting a digital nomad lifestyle because it is attainable it is if it's something that you want you can do it and this is you know something that you two have gone out and done for yourselves yeah anyone can for sure do it it's just a you just put the work yeah, yeah put the work in and i think yeah the results will show for themselves. And there you have it. Dom and Joe sharing their travel stories with you today on the To The Nation's Worldwide Travel Couple Podcast. I just want to say a very special thank you to you two for taking the time out of your day and joining us here. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much, Mike. Thanks, Mike. And hopefully we'll see you out west and we'll go for a hiking trip or something sometime in the, yeah, in the near future. Us, definitely let us know if you come here. Absolutely. And I just want to give you to the floor and let our audience know, you know, where they can find you online, where they can reach out to you and where they should go to learn more about you. Um, Yeah, I think the main one now is we focus most of our time on our website. So I think if you guys just pop on to redwhiteadventures.com and there, even there, you can find our email and ask us any question if it's like regarding work holiday visas or what country you you'd rec- we'd recommend or anything like just send us an send us an email and we're always we're always super happy to answer any questions people have because that's kind of part of why we're doing this. Yeah, and you can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest, all under 
Crit Ride Adventures. Thank you to all of our listeners out there, to the nations worldwide. We cannot express our appreciation enough for having you join us on today's episode. Visit us at travelcuppapodcast.com slash 68. That's this episode, episode number 68's show notes page. Learn more about everything that's going on over there at Red White Adventures with Dom and Joe. And leave a comment on the page. Let us know about your long distance relationship, how it is, how it is been, how it's going. And we'll be sure to get back to you. If you'd be so kind, please subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a review. It really helps us get this podcast out there and into other people's ears. We'll make sure to consistently deliver you these episodes every Wednesday. This is Mike Pletz and Natalie. Hoping you have a wonderful adventure to the nations worldwide.